Welcome to the Business of Beers podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs expand their business, build their wealth, and generate passive income. I'm your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur who's on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. Remember that you need to take the action others won't, and you can live the life that others don't. Please be sure to check out my weekly newsletter that now drops every Thursday. It includes one quote, one tweet, one podcast recommendation, plus some business and investing insight from me. It's short and it's sweet. My goal is to provide you with just a couple gold nuggets to help inspire your growth. Go to brianbeers.com to subscribe. Hello, everyone. I'm excited today to bring you Cliff Kennedy. Cliff is the CEO of Frio's Gourmet Pops, the nation's largest ice pops franchise. Cliff has a great story that you'll hear about going from a Frio's franchisee to buying out the franchisor. And after listening to this podcast, if you're interested in learning more about becoming a Frio's franchisee, I have a simple request. Go to brianbeers.com slash intro to fill out a short form. I will make a personalized introduction to Cliff, plus work with you one-on-one through the entire process. I'll arm you with questions, checklists, references, and that will give you the confidence that you need. Welcome to the show, Cliff. Thanks for having me, Brian. Excited about the conversation today and uh, letting everybody know a little bit about Frio's. Awesome. Yeah. So to start, can you give us just an idea of your background? Like, I don't know, 18 years old, kind of what did that look like? And then when did you first get into uh, the popsicle businesses? Yeah. So I've been in a family business my entire life. I tell everyone that's where my entrepreneurship came from, that my grandfather started that business out of the trunk of his car with an eighth grade education. He just found a need for safety equipment in the oil and gas world. And so that's what I've always done. I've been sweeping warehouses and been in sales. And then, you know, Everyone has that great story of how they stumbled into franchising. Mine's no different. You know, I, mine was, I got stuck in traffic every day and saw a Frio stand. I kept seeing everyone happy, the kids, the parents, you know, it's impossible to eat a Frio and not put a smile on your face. And so while I'm miserable in traffic, I decided to get one and it was key lime pie. And I tell everyone, the skies opened up, the colors got way more vibrant. It was a beautiful day. I mean, everything in the world was perfect. It was such a unique experience. And so I I kept trying them. And then a short while later, I became a franchisee of the company and didn't like how it was run. And then eight months later, took over as CEO. Okay. And what, um, what year was that? 2018. So I was a franchisee May 1st of 2018 with Frios. And then December 21st of 2018, I officially took over. Okay. Now, did you buy it out then or just became the the CEO? No, I bought it out completely. And the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Was it a hostile uh, popsicle takeover or is it? No, I, you know, there's, there's differences between founders and builders and like different okay. stages of yeah. companies. And so I think it was just that founder mentality now into the next stage. Okay. So what, so what did the pot, what did it look like? Kind of, I guess, when did it start? When did the founder start? Started in 2016. It started franchising in 2017. Okay. So you were still pretty early. And what did it, what did it kind of look like back then when you first started? Like what are some of the differences between what it was there and what is now? It's a completely different company at this time with branding. Uh, when I came into the business, it was brick and mortar. I had actually two brick and mortar locations uh, with my territories. And then, you know, we had about 20 franchise locations at that time. Most of them were all brick and mortar. And so, but the difference for our franchisees versus when I was a franchisee, we were on an island by ourselves. Like, and that's not what you do in franchising. You go into it for the support and mechanisms that are in place to help you grow your business. Um, But we didn't have that. You know, I didn't, 
have a monthly call that was teaching me how to sell or who to sell to, or I didn't like our conference calls were, Hey, this is the new flavor. See y'all later. Anybody got any news? No, but like now it's more structured and support. And we've got training videos and tutorials and lead lists and all these different things to really support our franchisees, be it financials, running through their books and setting up their charts of accounts, support all the way. If they got sales calls, they need help with templated emails, flyers, all that stuff. Like we tell our franchisees now, this is probably the simplest thing you could ever do. Focus on selling a pre-packaged product. We'll help you take care of the rest. Okay. Yeah, for some context, how many... So it was 20 back then, kind of when you joined, how many do you have today, franchises? Today, yeah, we have 50 franchisees in 61 territories. Okay. Um, And do you still operate your territory today? (laughs) <laughs> I think uh, Kirsten would probably be mad if I said I run it, but no, Kirsten. So I'm a completely absentee franchisee. Uh, I have somebody that runs the day to day. She sets up all of the events and everything else. So I say she runs it. Um, but yeah, I still own your it. names on the, the franchise agreement. Yeah. All right. And where, where's that at? Uh, we're in Mobile. So we have all of Mobile County. So that's where our corporate office is. And so it's just near and dear to my heart that we have we have two sweet rides in our territory, actually. So she's constantly got them on the road. Okay. Yeah. So give us like an overview. Like what is it, what does it look like? Um, you know, paint let's paint the picture of kind of the lifestyle of a franchisee. What does that look like? Yeah. So we really look for somebody that has that sales background that's really involved in their community because at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're a sales company that you're trying to land the events and go to all these corporate events and parties and everything. So you you have to have that outgoing attitude. Um, And if it's not you, find the operator that can run it for you. Um, And that's what I did. Knowing that I was going to be a completely absentee franchisee, I needed to have that operator run my business that is outgoing, involved in the community. So, you know, for, you know, let's say Kirsten, let's say she's semi absentee. It's because she runs it for me. A typical day for her is she takes her kids to school. She might go for a workout, whatever it may be. Then she might come do uh, an event at lunch. She might make a couple of calls after that. She might go do an event that afternoon or the next day. I've seen her in the office here at seven o'clock in the morning because she's got a, a big event that lasts all day at a school. So it just kind of varies, but there's a lot of flexibility that you know what you're getting into with your calendar. Um, and so some franchisees get in as a side hustle. It's the realtors, it's the brokers. Uh, a lot of vets are coming into our systems now. Um, they're saying, look, I still want to stay what, what I'm doing. And maybe I grow into this in the future. They get someone to help them. Or they get somebody on a commission base, but you have that Rolodex, uh, like the college kids that say, okay, can you go work this event for me? Can you go work that event? So it allows you to have that semi absentee, or if you want to be completely absentee, like myself, just find a great operator. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So what are all the events or, or, or places that you, you go and, and sell these? You mentioned corporate events, like parties, like what else? Like where it's, else can you sell? Yes. Yeah, the big corporate events. Think of where the pools are. Think of concession stands. Think of the parks where all the kids are, you know, soccer, baseball, football, all of those. Even go indoors, go to basketball events, go to wrestling events. Those are real big. Another big thing is getting those corporate parties that are out there or the lunch giveaways and, being involved with, you know, givebacks of hospitals. You know, another big thing of ours is partnering up with nonprofits um, and saying, hey, look, we'd love to give a portion of our proceeds back. Like so many people like, oh, that's the easiest thing. Like 
you know, for people that have kids and, you know, we get them all the time. It's like, hey, if you go eat here, they're going to give you 20% back or buy this candle or buy XYZ popcorn or something. Uh, Frios does that as well. So, hey, send your kid to school with money today and Frios is going to show up and every kid gets a pop. Yep. And and the beautiful thing I will mention, Brian, is, you know, that separates us from a lot of the other brands that are out there. You know, first of all, we never say food trucks. So many people are like, well, I don't want to be in food. Well, we're a prepackaged product. So we're the modern day ice cream man in reality. So all they have is a freezer or refrigerator. There's no food loss machines to clean up. So our company in Frios has the ability to wholesale as well, which is really big. So I think that's easier to do. So think of the country clubs, resorts, bars, restaurants, all those different types of places that are looking for value add on their dessert menus. Um, and those could be great accounts as well. Okay. Yeah. What, so what are, what are some of the, the flavors? They're gourmet pops, right? You mentioned key lime <laughs> pie. Uh, can you give me like a rundown of, of your top flavors and probably make people hungry here? But yeah. <laughs> No, the, the top flavor every year, and I don't think it'll ever be beat, is, is cookies and cream. Last year, it was cookies and cream, followed by strawberry mango, followed by blue raspberry, which my son developed himself. Um, but we have all kind of amazing flavors. We just launched caramel cheesecake. We just, I've always said, like, look, key lime pie got me invested in this company and a part of it. But yeah. we just developed a white peach lemonade that is absolutely, quite possibly the greatest thing we've ever created. Uh, but we have seasonal flavors, whether it be cookie dough or watermelon or white chocolate peppermint, or obviously we got to do the pumpkins during that. But one of my favorites that we do every year is called the candy bar. We usually bring it out around Halloween. It mm-hmm. is a chocolate pop with Kit Kat, Butterfinger, and Reese's in it. Oh my God. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but yeah. you know, oh man, is it delicious. Yeah, I've seen some other ones. I think you had a cold brew one, uh, a margarita, like a mango. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we got pineapple mango. We, you know, we've we've got so many different flavors uh, that it's awesome. We get to create and innovate new things. We even have a pickle pop. Like I don't like being here the day that those are produced because Indeed. it doesn't smell very good, but it sells great. I mean, I remember being a kid, like everyone used to go to the skating rink growing up. That was part of my generation. And they had those little bitty pickle pops. And now we make them into, you know, uh, Frio's pops. Yeah. So talk to me about this. Do you guys manufacture all the pops there? Yeah. We manufacture in my facility. A lot of the times I can hear them jamming out with the music through my office walls because they're just having a good time. They're, they're making them by hand uh, and with the passion that they have to create uh awesome pops okay and was it always like that did you move the facility to there like talk to me about kind of that transition when you bought it yeah i mean the the day i took the company over i immediately started looking for a a facility in mobile so we had to pick up the facility 400 miles and it was a a test of feet with my team that they moved to a manufacturing facility 400 miles from a Friday, and we were up and running on Monday morning. That's how quick it was. We worked our tails off throughout the entire weekend, and we really only equipment. missed two hours of production time because the inspector was stuck in traffic, uh, and that was the only reason. But we were ready to go okay. within 40, you know, 40 how, how hours. How big is the facility? How many square feet? Uh, we're in 30,000 square feet here. Okay. Then how many how many people work? In the uh, it just kind of varies sometimes. It gets very seasonal, but we have about 15 people here. Okay. And what's it, what's it look like? Do you make one, like one flavor at a time and like a thousand of them or a couple thousand of them? Like, or does it kind of, yeah, it just kind of varies. Phases? You know, we have a, we have a production manager that operates very, very efficiently, six Sigma style efficiencies, uh, and safety protocols. So it's just like, like products. It's very efficient. So you might make, you know, 
20,000, 30,000 of this pop and then roll into the next one and then roll into the next one. Um, so yeah, it's just very efficient out there and how they okay. produce And then it. how do you decide, I guess, what to make? How do franchisees decide like what to sell? I mean, you got like what, 30 flavors or something? I mean, it's, it, that inventory management could be overwhelming, right? Again, so we tell them, look, it's the 80-20 principle as in everything. So, you know, you always have to have your top five flavors in there. Um, and then you might, but you might want to keep 10 flavors. But if you have 30 flavors on your sweet rod, that's going to be analysis paralysis. They're going to be looking like, oh, I don't know what flavor. So just we tell, look, easy, 10, 12 flavors at most. You can rotate some in and out uh, throughout the season, but that's all they need on their band. Okay. Yeah. So what's it, what's it cost to get into it? Um, can they finance it? Let's go, let's go through some of that side. Yeah. So, you know, our system is set up that we understand that, you know, we're in that side hustle. We're not that multi-million dollar AEV. So we said, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and lower this territory fee. Let's let middle America really come in here, develop a business for themselves. So one territory, which is 200,000 people is $17,000. And if most people now are getting two territories, which we discount to 27,000. So that allows them to really develop two territories. Uh, we have a fixed royalty of $400 a month. So we don't punish their success. A lot of the different brands out there, if you really look into it, every additional asset that you get, it's more and more fees associated with that. But no, you know, we have many people that have a van and they might have five or six carts. Great. That means that's more money for them. We have a fixed royalty of $400 and it doesn't change. Okay. And so why did you go the the fixed royalty? I mean, most do a percentage, you know, 5% of sales or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and so for us, it's obviously I'm vertically integrated. And so we're obviously making money off the pops that we sell to them. And once we realize also we're a very high cash business when you're going to sporting events and everything. So I've also said, look, let's put the money back in their pocket. The more money they put back in their pocket, and I don't tie it to their revenue because that means if I've tied it to their revenue, Brian, I'm obviously always going to be pushing them to do more and more. In our business, we're all about happiness. We sell happiness on a stick. You might come into our business and say, hey, I just want to work a couple of events a week. I don't care about being a big company or anything like that. And I'm extremely happy. I just, you might be semi-retired and just don't want to sit at home. That's fine. That's your idea of happiness. And I'm not going to push you to sell more. I might have the next person that wants to have three or four or five trucks in the future. And guess what they get to do with that money? They get to put it back in their pocket, invest in their business, and they're going to buy more pops. So that's the way we decided to fix it. And that was a, a vote, a massive vote from all the franchisees. And they absolutely love it. Okay. Did you change that? Was it used to be? Yeah, percentage? it used to be tied to top okay. line revenue, 5%. Okay. And then when, when did you change it? Uh, probably within three months of taking over. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so you mentioned the franchise fee. What I mean, what does it cost all in? Kind of what, what's the range? How do you guys have like a, a range? Yeah, of so I mean, our FDD obviously is a wide range, a big delta there of 66,000 up to like 130,000. But that's if you buy the van outright. So, you know, give or take some here very much off the cuff. Let's just say you're doing a two territory deal. Um, and maybe we don't require them to get the van for six months. So if they just wanted to do a territory, uh, $27,000, two territories, and they might be $15,000 in startup costs. So they can get in pretty cheap there. Or if they want to go ahead and get the van, the van's somewhere around thirteen dollars to $15,000. So then you're looking closer to $60,000. For the down payment. And then you finance. For the down payment yeah, of the van to finance it. it. Yeah. 
So if someone just does doesn't buy the van, I guess they're getting like the mobile carts and then have a little trailer or something to go to the events. Like what does that look like? Yeah. So some people love it and say because a lot of you know franchisees out there is like, oh well, we've sold this many, but only this many are open. So when you become a Frios franchisee, you have the ability to wholesale immediately and get cash flow going. So we just had a new franchisee sign up before even getting his van. He'd already set up and did, I think he sold like three or 400 pops in three hours at an inside wrestling event. Like that's how quick. So you can get that cash flow going. And so maybe say, I want to wait three months. Go ahead and get all those wholesale accounts set up. People don't care what you show up in. If it's a cooler yeah. or a push, whatever oh, it is, there. get yeah. good cash flow going because you're selling happiness. And then maybe three or five months, you got more money in your pocket for a down payment. Okay. So what's so how hard is it to get a wholesale? So a lot of people listen to this, maybe, you know, maybe they're interested, but they've never done B2B sales. They never sold, you know, to a country club or a restaurant. Like, can you walk me through like the pitch or, or how you coach people to do it? Yeah. So everything in sales, and you're you're getting into my kind of my secret sauce of how I, I tell Uh-oh. these people this, but no, but it's what we do is saying, hey, you know, you've got all those regular brands that you see, the Nestle's of the world and everything else. Like we're a cleaner product. Like we have real fruits in there. We're not putting the yellow dye number fives in there. So we're a gourmet product. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of an easier sell in today's world, especially as you go to country clubs, resorts. We tell people to think of a lot of places that have like member numbers. Those are really easy to get into because they're yeah. looking for a higher quality product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's how we do it. And it's just once you show it and the easiest thing our franchisees do, especially when they sign up, they'll buy probably around a thousand pops and they get our little to go bags and they'll put the top three flavors in there. And then they go to restaurants, they go to co- uh, country clubs, resorts, say, hey, would it be impossible to try these real quick? No, it'll be tried. Oh, my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And then they put it on their menu. It's just trying it. It, it just it sells it so much easier. Okay. And so what's it, uh, what, what are they buying for, for, from you guys for? What's, what's, what do they cost? Uh, on average, it's around, uh, between a dollar and a dollar 25 to us. And then they're going to retail them somewhere four to $5. Okay. And then wholesale somewhere in between that. Yeah. Yeah. Like t- t- 250 or three yeah, or something around, like yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What, what are some of the biggest challenges the franchisees face? You know, the biggest challenge for us is like, you know, so many people that, you know, it's, it's the competition out there, I guess. Um, there, there's always, and so some people that aren't maybe like really go getter and want to get that sale. Sometimes they kind of like, Oh, well, somebody's already there. They're not, you know, super aggressive and like pushing them out. But we, the ones that are, are, are very, very successful. And then, you know, I'm just trying to think it's, it's such is, is it Kona ice? Is that, is that like your biggest competitor, you think? Yeah, they're out there. I mean, they've got 1500 plus locations. They're going to be at every single event. Um, so they've got already got those systems and processes, but it's a really easy fix when they realize like, you know, I'll let my kids get shaved ice from time to time, but I'm never going to eat one. It's just not something I do. But if there's a Frios or something like that, that resonates more with adults. And so I think we resonate a yeah. lot better once we're doing those big yeah, corporate just events like pure and sugar over ice and versus. Like you said, something that's maybe you know handmade and natural flavors and or natural like food, not even flavors. Yeah, look, right. we had a franchisee. Like the benefit of ours is like if they did a corporate event, I think the story was they had to give away three thousand Frios pops in a matter of two hours. That's a tall task. Like she had to set up multiple lines, everything. I, no offense, but I don't think there's any other kind of our competitor that can 
rip yep. off that kind of product that fast because it's, they all have to make it by hand. They couldn't do an event like that. Yeah. Man, 3,000 3, pops is like 12 to 15K in a couple hours, roughly, yeah. depending on what she, what she sold yeah. before. Of course. I mean, sometimes you do deals and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know the total financials yeah. are, but you know, you, you can go to, you know, a typical night might be for us, you know, going to a high school football game or any kind of like football game sporting event. I mean, there's tremendous amount, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pops are sold. I mean, I went to one of our high school football games with my son. And, I mean, it must have been 50 to 70 people deep. I mean, we were posting pictures of it. I mean, it was absolutely insane. I actually had uh, one of the school administrators. As I was just getting my son a pop. Uh, I, had, I let him cut in line a little bit there. And I uh, just happened to be on the van uh, with the girls that were working it. And this guy's like, look. I'm going to buy a case right now because I'm not waiting in line. And so he ended up buying a case of pops and just handing it out to people in the stands. He's like, he just didn't want to wait in line. So he bought a case of pops. Yeah, that's funny. Cool. What's your growth strategy? Like, where do you, where do you see this thing going? Yeah. I mean, being at 61 territories, uh, we really feel like we're going to be over that hundred territory mark by the end of this year. I mean, because we're, we're just checking all those boxes of what people are really looking for. Flexibility, low cost, light labor, family friendly. They can get their kids involved in it. Um, so our growth strategy is to just put fuel in the fire right now. You know, we've been putting those, I always say the analogy of little sticks, build big, build fires or build big fires. I apologize, but it's like, that's what we're doing. We've got all those sticks in place and now we're ready to just take off like a rocket ship. So firmly believe that we're just a brand that resonates this simplicity around it, the flexibility. Um, so yeah, our strategy is to get past the uh, hundred territory mark this year. And then uh, see where it takes us from there. Okay. What, what about? I would imagine m- most are in the the south, right? What about the northeast? I know you have one in Pittsburgh. I know you have one up in you know Detroit or, or somewhere up there. Yeah, like I got what one is in Detroit? What, and what does all that kind of look like? To, uh, Arizona. So yeah, I mean, there's so much prime territory available for us right now. I mean, every time we get a check or anything like that, you know, nine point nine times out of ten, yes, that area is open. Um, so yeah, obviously the southeast. You know, it takes out the seasonality a lot of it. But, you know, even when it's indoors, I tell everyone, you don't stop putting ice in your drinks. You don't stop eating ice cream in your house and having frozen dessert. Um, you just have to change up our sales strategy. So we're going indoors. We're going inside and, you know, develop it kind of like the Uber Eats uh, does or DoorDash. Like we just start doing pop drops with our sweet rods and saying, hey, would you like a 10 pack? Would you like a 12 pack? Yeah, we want some for our freezers for our house. Yep. Yeah, I know the other angle too, and and um, it's this like is weddings, right? And some parties. I know, and there's a um, what are they called? The King of Pops. You got a it's a competitor out of Atlanta. I'm sure yeah. you're well aware. Yeah. Um, but one one of our one of our good friends um is, used to live in Atlanta, huge fan, and like so they got married and they had you know the King of Pops like cart there, yeah. right? And like it was at the at the you know wedding as a giveaway and a snack, and I thought it was fun. And I imagine you guys do do the same thing, right? We do all that. I mean, we're, it's, you know, we put our card up and, you know, sometimes we even customize our carts. They'll ask for customization so they can now put their hashtag or something of their wedding on there instead of Frios. And that's fine. It's just, you know, when you customize, you make more money. But yeah, we're at the kids' birthday parties. I mean, we have bubble machines now on a bunch of our vans that are out there just to add some excitement and experience to it. So yeah, I mean, it's all of those big corporate events or, you know, we've done retirements. We've done all kind of amazing things with, not necessarily, like you said, focusing on adults and not just always kids. Yep. Yeah, I think like the mindset of the franchisee, like if I'm thinking about this, is is that community builder, someone who's who who really likes kind of getting out there, building relationships, and 
I imagine if they're at the local high school football game, you know, they try it. They also, you know, the vice president or whatever, the corporation down the street. And then I'm sure there's like this compound effect of, you know, the more you're in a community, kind of the reputation builds and said you deliver a good, consistent product. I mean, that's what people want. So, yeah, it's that referral based business, like anything, you know, you're just wanting to say, give them the best expectation that they can have and exceed it at that point of what their experience like is with Frios beyond just being a great product. And at that point, that's when you ask for those referrals and you build your book of business and build up that calendar. And so, yeah, it, it yep. just it just resonates with so many people though. And then for, for you as I guess, as more of a personal question of going kind of from franchisee to franchisor now like around this business, what's, what's some of your challenges that you faced like now as the franchisor and, and growing this business? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just those systems and processes of constantly put them in place and understand that, hey, I'm a, I'm a franchisee of 50 system, uh, people. So that way I, I need to build up the systems and processes that, yeah, can support us to 100, but understand it might go above and beyond. So it's constantly just trying to dial it in, get the systems and processes that fully support our franchisees because we have all walks of life, but make sure that if you come in and you're great at financials and you're going to run the, your business financially, is that guy give you the strategies that you know it's a no-brainer on how to sell? Or if you're the greatest salesperson, you might not be great at your books. So you're going to go call Matt on our team and he's going to walk you through the book. So it's just like pulling that full system of support to our franchisees to let them know that we have their full support of growing their business with them. So build, building all that has, has kind of been the challenge. Probably, I mean, it sounds like almost nothing was kind of in place when you bought in, and then now it's piece by yeah. piece trying to figure out all right, where we need people support. How can we figure out a solution? Add it, and then you know, con- as it continues to evolve, piece by piece, brick by brick. Yep, that's awesome. Cool. So um, yeah, so I guess where can people learn more uh, if if they want to find out more about Frios? Uh, they can always go to Frios Pops, but I'm always going to say, go to you. I mean, the relationship that I've had with you over the last several months and what you've done for the candidates that you've brought into me, uh, anyone listen, you know, talk to Brian, go to that form fill page, uh, let him connect with you. Not only does he, is he going to support you, um, throughout that entire process, he's going to give you the advice that he has and the experience of being in the franchising world. So please reach out to Brian and, and we'll connect at that point. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So getting to brianbeers.com slash intro. Fill out the quick form. I can make the intro. And then like I said I, I walk through uh, with you along the way. Tools, trips, strategies, all the stuff I've learned. Help make sure that Frios is a good fit for you. And if it's not, you know, there's there's a lot of other options there. But I think uh, I think you guys have a pretty cool program. And I think for the right person, it, it, it's an awesome it's an awesome fit. So yeah, well, thanks for coming on today and, and, and sharing your story. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, pal. Talk soon. That's all we got for this episode with the Business with Beers podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is to rate the show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Also make sure to link up with me on your preferred social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. Please just share the podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions others won't to live the life that others don't. 